You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Whoa. The van man. Coming to you from a parking lot somewhere far, far away. And you know, Chris, those of us that know you, none of this shocks shocks any of us. We we're prepared for you. This is to be. this is Zoom meeting number three. Is it in this, par- in this parking lot? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What's the, what's the occasion, Chris, to be in a parking lot? I'll give you one hint. It's seven a.m. where I'm at. Walmart. Not eight a.m. Uh district court. Oh, you want to know a parking lot? I mean, let me see. Um, the courthouse. Come on. <laughs> He's not, he's not in a, you know, hey, Nick, the hard part about joking with Chris is he doesn't listen. There's a McDonald's. There's a McDonald's close by. His his skin is this thick. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, so you're down in Arizona, I'm guessing? I am. Okay. I am, uh, I'm attending to some uh, business down here and actually doing a little um, coaching with our little uh, correspondent, Cody Scherf. Nice. Big Cody. He said he's got a lot of lingo that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to understand. And he's talking about bo- dogs and barking and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to understand it. And then he goes into, we got to get Prasky down here. He wants Prasky. So he oh, says he's that. finding so many deals. One of the things I was talking about is different ways to kind of, you know, get, get clients and how you, you, you get them. And uh, one was, I mean, obviously finding a deal. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, he calls you, you've got a bunch of people that could get a deal. So if you have a deal, you're, you're in control. And so he starts getting on the phone. He narrows down this search from 68 down to 68 different properties. Oh, wow. As of as of yesterday, we're going out looking on Friday. As of yesterday, he's down to now 23 left. He's called every single one of those people. And uh it's just it's hilarious. So, and he's, so there's and he's, some there's some hints right here. If you if you really look at the recipe he's using, ambition, mm-hmm. he's a good hunter, and and then he's not afraid to work. And and I'll tell you, I I would invest in a kid like that because that that is a you know, and he's not a kid, he's an adult, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's younger than us, so he's a kid, but um, you know, he, he will make it in this industry for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a good kid. It's a, it's funny how you, um, you know, you, cause every agent is different. I think that's the real interesting thing. There's no real recipe or to be able to be a, a real good agent. You know, you got to kind of take what you do good and, and then focus on it. And I think a lot of times, um, agents get caught up in this, Oh, I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that. And I should do this, but you've got to do what you're good at because number one, you'll do it. And number two, it's probably what you're going to be best at. So. Right. Yeah. That, uh, that, you know, when you, when you come down to, you know, thinking about, I would say the number one, you know, when you meet, you know, anybody that's new to this industry and, and they're, they're, um, you're like, wow, they're having success right away. It's cause they know how to hunt and, and yeah. they know how to find the deals and make things happen. It's the people that don't know how to make things happen that follow those that do. And and it's like, that is just, I don't know, good, good for him. I'm, That's awesome. I'm going to use my Andy uh, Prasky analogy here that uh, it's kind of like the backup quarterback. I mean, the backup quarterback has got to know what the heck they're doing. You can sit there and, and wait for your chance and wait for your chance. But if you don't know what you're doing once you get in there, you're not going to yeah. take advantage of your chance. And, I mean, yep. I know we talked to – I mean – uh, Cody from day one that you got to know what you're talking about. You have to yeah. know the real estate part and, and I'll be glad to report. That's what he's doing. He's, he's learning, you know, the contracts and he knows what's going on and taking these opportunities and making phone calls to different agents. I mean, I do it every week. I'm always talking to different agents and I'm telling you, I've been doing it for well, 32 years now and I'm always learning something different, right. learning something new. And it's just a, it's just really good to get out there and just, just talk. That ke- kind of keeps you in the game as well. So, yeah, 
Is that you? That's me, baby. In the van with the kids watching, just hey, what's wrong with dad? Hey, that's uh, that's prospecting the baseball team right there. Yeah, that guy's you know, back so. in the day, yeah, back in the day. That's funny. So, what are you? So, you're down there just uh, kind of helping out with mom and dad and doing some other stuff, looking at properties and and doing some other stuff, or what are you up to? Yeah, and just kind of uh, kind of reloading, I guess, and uh, just figuring out uh, lots of fun stuff. It just kind of it's it's good to just be able to, you know, not have to keep going to appointments. And I'll tell you what, the whole COVID world, uh, which I hated, absolutely hated, yeah. but there's some good things that came of it, and it is things like this. I mean, I can do all my work from here if if yeah. I have to. I mean, I can't go and look at that house, but I can have someone else be showing it, and I can be on. FaceTime and be doing the same exact thing. So for sure. Um, yeah. And giving my opinion. So it's working out good. But yeah, I want to obviously my dad just passed. And so we're trying to get their affairs settled here in Arizona yeah. as well. So yeah, understandable for sure. Yep. That uh did you wake your neighbors up like I did at uh, quarter to seven? And did I? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I gotta I, know. Know. I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I'm over equipped with equipment for snow. Mm -hmm. I've got three snow blowers. Um, I've got two backpack blowers and one of my new backpack blowers. I just got it. Um, it's actually a little early Christmas present. It's the new steel 800 and it has like the pull start from your hand. So you can be talking to someone and shut it off and then literally start it up without taking it off your back. What and is I'm it? Like, is it a blower? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. do you use it for leaves and stuff? Um, that and snow. Oh, wow. I found that, you know, with, with a, uh, I have a stamp. I have a lot of stamp. Over your face. That's it. Yep. I have a lot of stamp. That's exact model that I have. <laughs> um, I love Does that. Does the snow boy. fly all over your face? No, actually, like you see the leaves like that right there. It just throws, it's so powerful. It's unreal. And, you know, um, but anyway, so I, I thought it'd be nice, you know, we've got uh, my my uh, son's girlfriend is here and she was running into to work this morning, even though it's snowy and treacherous. And I said, oh, let me go out there and I'll blow off your car. And I'm like, totally. <laughs> wop, 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 wop. I, I can see the lights turning on all around the cul-de-sac. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you jerk, shut up. You love your so, toys. I remember the one time when you took... Uh, was it a tractor or a bobcat? Oh. We were, oh, no, it was a huge tractor cleaning up a, a property because they had gotten so far behind, and you came in and you basically plowed the property. Yeah, well, those yeah. are the things I, I can do. I You know, I'm one of those guys where manual labor or tangible projects where, you know, move this from here to there or mow that or clean the driveway. I love that because they're easy to comprehend, it just clears your mind when you're doing it. And then when you're done, you have a sense of accomplishment. Now I crave it. And it's like I said, as I get older, I'm, I'm going to be the opposite of most people. I think most people, when they're young, they do the landscaping, you know, career excavating. And then as they get older, they get into real estate. I'm going to be the guy that's been in real estate his whole career that wanders into like excavating or landscaping. But you started in that. What's that? You started in... Um landscaping really and lighting yeah yeah right when i was back in high school and college i i used to love that man yeah yeah i'm not i don't i don't like all that kind of work although yeah. i heard my home my home is getting um spray foam insulated i'm so excited for that that is nice yeah well you know because it's an older home it was built in 1979 and yep. so a lot of that's two by four construction and so oh, wow. by doing spray foam, I mean, not only does it oh, make yeah. the, the, the unit stronger, but it's, um, you know, much better for insulation. and. Uh, well, it, it'll take you, know. you beyond even an R, you know, like the, uh, the um, uh, two by six construction. Um, they're thicker walls, more air chamber, you know, right, to hold that um, barrier <laughs> for energy to transfer through. But when you foam it, it can't transfer. So it's like the R value just goes through the roof. Plus, it's quieter, which I think a lot of people learn to appreciate after they own a house that's been spray foamed. The siding doesn't rattle in the wind. You know, the you just don't hear it because it's, you know, it's just a solid wall yeah. now. It's you know, Andy, um, a, a metal seam roof, a standing metal seam roof. Yeah. Um, that uh, was, I'm, I'm putting that on my house. Mm -hmm. And so 
as you probably know, they have to they cut the pieces at the factory exactly for what they are, and then they deliver them like that. And then it's kind of like a puzzle they put together. So my oh, my man. roof got delivered uh, last week. They go to start putting it on, and uh, you know the the people who sold me the roof and the roofers are obviously you know not yeah. the same um, people. But uh, they start putting it on, and it's and it's black. And I want I want light gray. The manufacturer screwed up and made it black versus light gray. So they had to take that whole roof off, away and now bring the new one in. I mean, imagine oh, the cost on that. Yeah. So what? Did, yeah. So what kind of a delay did that cause you guys? It's only going to be a week, which is crazy because it took like three weeks for them to cut it the first time. And now, because of the mistake, they just cut it again quick. And now it's now, but the storm was supposed to be delivered yesterday. And of course, this little storm delayed it. So now we're not getting it till next week. So, all right, what are we doing? What's next? Okay, so it's been really popular. Maybe you guys have been seeing it. Is the AI generated photos, and it's taken over like Instagram, social media. You put your face in there, and then it. it it puts out like uh, artistic work as you as like a clown, as a, a bartender, like a bunch of different things. Sure. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on um, what's going to happen with it, with real estate. So I'm going to play you a video and then we're going to get in to uh, another video that explains well, how that's going to affect real estate. So one second. Yeah. So basically, you're just putting in like a code word, and then it does all this for you, the AI, right? Now, here's a video that they're saying how it's going to affect. That's craziness. I might look good again, Andy. Let's see how this looks. Perfect. Enter VR mode. Find me resale in Vancouver, a one bedroom that's available right now. There are 543 listings available in this area. Let's check out this one. Olivia, welcome to the Hooper. Hello. This loft is just over a thousand square feet and it has two bathrooms. It was completely renovated in 2017. Check it out. Oh, I love this kitchen. Hmm. Oh, my art looks perfect there. Your face says everything, Chris. Oh, uh, can we just get replaced? No, I'll tell you what, though. Whoever knows how to do that, I will hire you. Yeah, okay. I will hire that, that, you. That's the sad thing is I was thinking the same thing. I go, okay, so this is going to cost five grand per house to put together. Nobody will pay it, and it'll die, just like every other technology that's out there that nobody wants to pay for. Or it, it's embraced, it takes off, and the real estate, National Association of Realtors, owns that technology and I don't know, supports us for once and uh, throws it back into the, uh, the, for the consumer, right. To better the consumer experience. I mean, that thing was crazy. It's cool. You can do that. I mean, everything you do is, um, you know, what was interesting on that. I'm skipping because I remember you talking about that, Andy, where um, they were using that technology. And I think it was Matterport that would yep. go around and identify all of the products in there. And that's what that was doing. It was, it was checking those out. Then you could pull up the product, and I wonder if she was putting like pictures of her own stuff and then adding it to that place. 
that's I mean, what that's it sounded like she was crazy. doing. Now, who knows if that's true or not? But I mean, you know, I would have kept my apartment building if I would have had that. I mean, that's a showing that you don't even have to go up and show it because that was always. I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than setting up appointments to show apartment uh, units and people wouldn't show up. I mean, it was 70% of the time they wouldn't show up. Right, right. No, and I think that there's, okay, so there's some cool parts to it, and then there's some pieces that are going to be tough to fill. For example, the 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 uh, buyer that was going through that journey, um, talking about, oh, I'm going to move my furniture and my photos. Well, guess what? Somebody's got to upload that stuff onto her profile. So does she take the pictures? Does she enter the sizes for each one? So that data has to be captured somehow. Now, if you do a Matterport tour of your own house and it can absorb that information and then turn that into a digital, you know, lookalike, throw it proportionately into the new place, that'd be cool. Um, and that is, that would be some impressive technology. But again, you know, you'd have to invest into yourself as a buyer. I think that would also help um, eliminate and, and uh, you know, some of the, the middlemen, if you will. But unfortunately, I think what it could do too is it could eliminate the the buyer's agents because it, it, what would happen is if you do all the touring, you do all the whatever, and then there's like that digital uh, version of the listing agent sitting there saying, hey, welcome to the Hooper, and uh, here's what we can do. Let us know when you want to write your offer. I'll tell you what, Andy, for the last three years, I've tried to figure out a way to incorporate my videos of my houses with exactly what that technology has. And uh and it's, it's impossible to get anyone to do it. And what I was trying to do is I identify, like, um, orientate people. So it's it's basically you capture them with kind of the cool things in that house, and then you orientate them so where, where they're located. So let's just say if it's on a lake, you know, how close are you to the marina? Is there a park? Is there, a, you know, a launch? You know, a beach, whatever that, that's around that, what restaurants, and try to identify that and then show them the house. But... You know, um, I still, I still awesome. say this. Okay, you get to a point of where, okay, lazy pants, get off your computer and go do a showing. And and I get it if you're if you're from another. But here's here's where you can misrepresent reality and you get sued over it. Let's say that well, the parks never had green grass, and then that and that walkthrough had green grass, and you know it showed a sunny day. It's never been sunny in Portland in three years, or what? You know, what I'm saying it's like that. So that false sense of reality, it's gonna it. It's going to have to marry a lot of realities together because with as happy as everybody is to say that's false information or like on the MLS, you can't manipulate MLS photos at all. So that would have to all be live, right? Boy, were you against MLS going on a computer too? I was going to say this. What is the difference between <laughs> what you just showed here in the internet, you know, 20 years ago for realtors? Like well, this I'm, not, is I'm, not, I'm just saying it's got to be accurate. That's all. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it has to be accurate because – what will happen is, is that if you don't have, like, I mean, who's kidding who? There used to be agents in the past that would show the backyard and they'd, they'd Photoshop out the power lines. And then also you get there and you go, well, there's power lines here. So they literally, you can get fined for that now. And all, that's all I'm saying. Is that so you, you there's a lot of um, consumer wants and then there's reality of, of the real estate industry and their regulations that will have to marry together. Well, I got something for you guys to, to save the day. AI is not going to take your job. Um, here's a little video that's going to give I you guys. I don't know. We're pretty replaceable. We, uh... <laughs> the broker owner and the agent are still center to the real estate transaction, period. That's where the personal relationship is. And the thing that's fascinating is even though we've got all this technology and Google anything, and everybody should be able to do whatever they want with technology. It is a much more complex process of buying and selling a property than it was 50 years ago. When I watched the changes in the industry over even the last five years and so on, the real estate agent has become even more important than they ever were before. That's the founder and leader of Remax right there. Do you believe him? I do actually, because I've watched these technology companies come and go because, you know, if you, th you really think about it, that technology that you just looked at or that we just watched, right, is designed to allure the buyer in, make them fall in love faster, make them, you know, because um, think about what if you had a crappy crap hole? I mean, you know, it's like that. It's gross and you're in the middle of a crime ridden area and there's a carjacking happening on the car. You're not going to use that technology. You know what I mean? So is it only for the luxury market? Is it only for the fancy brand new? Um, you know. 
I think Andy, I think on this the reason that realtors, I don't think will ever go away. I think there could be a lot of them that go away, but I don't think they'll totally be extinct. The reason being is because real estate is not black and white. There's a lot of gray. And when you use the internet, it's got to be one or the other kind of thing. And sometimes it's not. And so you have to kind of take that in. And there's so many different things that can happen. And I even think with that whole AI thing, I think it might even be more important that a realtor is involved to be able to, you know, uh, decipher what information goes out. Because I'll tell you what, a lot of times um, what, what we try to do is we try to, you know, look at the advantages of that home and then make the, the challenges, justify the challenges or don't really show those challenges, you know, and that whole AI thing is going to be able to say, hey, there's a there's a great um, uh, pot plant right down the street, you know, and, and it grows, you know, and you're going to see it and that right down the street might be seven miles away and you'd never even see it, but you, you see that pot plant and oh my God, it's gone. I'm not going to ever, I'm not going to live there or I'm going to live there. Yeah. His would have been so much better. Thank you for I, doing I, that for me. I, uh, I botched it. Taking the pressure off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I think that when you take a look at the uh, technologies that are available and um, if it enhances the process and makes the sale more comfortable for someone to make a decision, I'm all for it. As soon as it influences a decision, then it has to be accurate. So when you influence a decision, like you're saying, oh, my God, this is a limited look at this view. And then you get there and the view is not the same. And so it's misrepresenting reality. Then then I have a problem with it. But it's like, hey, if it represents the truth and I'm a listing agent and that's the new tool. And let's say I spend five thousand dollars per listing to do that. Well, guess what? You're, you're, you're paying for it. I mean, it's it's not like it's free. I mean, so the, the now it costs you more to list your house, but maybe you don't have to pay out a buyer commission. So maybe it's a savings. But I think this is where social media comes in because what we have within our MLS and what we have to do and how we have to represent on MLS is not misrepresent anything. On social media and collateral materials, we can fluff that up. So we might put in a, a nice little sunset, green up the grass, make the water look perfectly blue, um, remove all the weeds from the lake. You know, you can do that. And that's where social media kind of comes in. And the whole idea is is to try to get, um, I think social media to me is mainly probably 75 to 80% trying to get clients, 20% trying to sell a house, you know? And so it's like, how can I manipulate the audience to, to want me to like me, you know? So I sell them something versus selling my home that I have on the internet. And I, I always talk about, you know, everyone says, well, do you, do you have it? Are you going to put it on TikTok and are you going to put it on this and put it on that? And I say, you know what? What's the most important thing? Our MLS system is is so strong. It goes out to everything. It syndicates to everything. It's what you put on that MLS system that makes the difference. And that's what people don't realize. They act like it's no big deal. Hey, just put in the facts. It's everything. Your first impression is on the internet. That's your first impression of that home. It's not walking in where it used to be. Hey, that front door was the most important. No, it's not. It's what you present out there on the MLS because that's what gets syndicated everywhere and that's what people see. True. So there. I didn't know you I could get so inspired from a parking lot. I'm just, I should have been the founder of Remax. Yeah. Uh -oh. No. You, you know, the one thing they didn't show in that in that video was his uh his dog that he has, um, that he brings everywhere with him, and it's it's trained. It's a health and, and security animal at the same time. It's a gigantic, looks like a German shepherd, but it's a lot darker and, and fluffier. And uh, it can, he has something with his, uh, like a stroke or whatever that he had in the past. And it can sense when things are happening with him. And this dog follows him everywhere. It, it's so neat. So he'll go to like the Remax big festival and, and he sits down and, and everybody's just ooing and awing over the dog. And the dog, as he sits down, he watches him sit down. And he'll go and sit behind his chair and sit there. It's yeah. it's really it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, those, those, it is something else. Okay, we had a question there. Co-op board purposely delaying the sale of my unit to cash in on the 2023 new three percent flip tax. What can I do? Number one, associations, so, co-ops. You're you're part of a, a board, and they make your decision. And when you purchased it, 
you have to live with those decisions that that they're making. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, if they're doing something that's detrimental to the owners, that's probably going to affect them uh, later on. The, but they can't restrict the sale. Well, it's saying they're delaying the sale of my unit to cash it. Oh. Co-op, co-op's a whole different game. It I'm is, you, you, and I don't know much about co-op. If there's any restrictions on sales, then there'd have to be compensation for injuring people for helping them make a bad, like a three percent sales tax, and it's a six hundred thousand. So now it costs them eighteen thousand more. I don't. I just. I have a hard time believing that they have the authority to do that. But I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with it. I just think it seems odd that they could control a sale. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know what the three percent flip tax is either. So I, uh, this might be from somewhere. Um, not there's in capital Minnesota. gains, which are pretty hefty right now. I mean, they're mm -hmm. what? Oh, it's about buying like a unit in a nice place and then you know trying to flip it right away to get uh, more value. So they're going to tax that. It happens all the time overseas. If you buy a place in a hot uh, spot, they don't want you to sell it for a year or so because they're. The property value is going so crazy. There's a lot of deeds that that restrict that as well. I mean, that say you can't um, sell it in a certain amount of time. So that'd be different. As as yeah, if you bought it and you knew about that up front, that they are going to make you hold it for 12 months or what? Which I can't believe they would. But yeah. do you remember? Um, oh gosh, what's it called? It's right where McCormick and Schmicks was um, on the top of that. Um, oh my gosh that unit's called well anyways those people when they purchased those units they they could not sell them for a year they had to own it for a year before they were they were allowed to be able to sell it and i think that was you know prices were were kind of going up pretty fast but they didn't want um the units that were purchased to compete against the new construction units so that's right. why they made them wait um oh my god what is that place called Oh, I don't remember. It's, it's gonna bother me. It's right in Edina, right? W, right? Um, the uh, oh no, it'll come. It'll come to me as we go I here. Google so. it. And Google yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, while we wait for that, we'll go into some social media reacts. It'll be brought to you by Andy Presky, preferred home team. Hey, Andy. Well, they said I could have thirty seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. All right, Chris, I know what it is. Yeah, uh, do you see my my little comments? No, I didn't read those. No, I figured it out. You inspired me. Your commercial inspired me. Yeah, the Weston Galleria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Weston Galleria. Yep, exactly. And the, so, yeah, so there is some um, there is situations like that, but you know, a lot of these questions. There, there it is, the black and white. There's a lot of gray involved, and so. Um, you got to have, you just, sometimes you just need more information to be able to kind of answer these questions. So. Amen. So that's awesome. Oh God. See, see to me, that's, I would be like that person's super creative. I think they've got to be able to do something on my house. Now I'd want to make sure to see some, how they market houses too, because maybe they're just, they know how to market other things other than houses, <coughs> but uh, <coughs> that was fun. <coughs> I, I, if they're looking for another job, they should become remodelers. I think you're going to see that boom the next couple of years. What's the reality of this, Andy, with those realtors need another job? I think that's a real, real reality. I mean, sales have gone plummeted, you know? Well, you and know, I think that you, if you really look at it, Chris, I mean, a lot of people that are in real estate, when they at least a majority of the smart ones, right? They dive in and they have a significant other, whatever that means. And they have somebody that can support that new adventure, but how long can they support it is the question, right? So it's like, can they make it six months? Can they make it a year? Well, if you, interesting you ask that question, Chris. So let me, let me throw some stats at you. So wow. they, I just read this on NAR. Um, they were talking about the amount of listings. So in 
this and this year, 2022, we sold 5.8 million listings is what they're anticipating by the end of the year. Okay, nationally. Um, now you look at 2021, we sold 6.8 million. So everybody that's in the business now is feeling like, well, geez, it's down, you know, 10 or 15 percent and, and on paper and we can feel it. Well, here, here's the sad reality. They're also projecting in 2023 that we're going to go to 5.1 million, which is the lowest volume of sales since 2012. Doesn't mean they're not going to sell. And everybody's still anticipating, you know, across the board on values, everything, they, the average will be 0.04% appreciation. Supply and demand is still going to be the, the shortage is going to be the key that keeps the values high. Inflation will also keep the values high. And, and there's just going to be a lack of, of uh, houses for sale. sales. As, yeah. as rates drop, and then everybody again across the, I, I i love these numbers across the board there, there's a thing called the 10-year treasury rate and they say that the average gap between mortgage rates and the 10-year treasury rate is averaged historically 1.7 percent okay right now we're at 2.9 percent which means that when you take where we're at on mortgage rates right now there's too big of a gap mortgage rates should be at five and a quarter to five and a half but they're putting a yield on it which is unprecedented you know i mean it's like it's the highest get we had more in one year we had just i don't know if you knew this we lived we just lived through history this was the first year and recording mortgage rates it went up as fast it was doubled in six months mortgage rates said that's never happened before in the 50 plus years of recording mortgage rates and we also had the fastest rise in rates proportionally ever in the history of tracking mortgages think about that for a second no wonder the market froze over my god they move that stuff so fast and so aggressively. And then the, all the lenders, the mortgage companies, or whatever, they know you're going to refinance. So they got these huge yields on these loans because they know, hey, if we don't make money on this loan now, we're, we're going to lose money. And they got to keep alive. So they, you know, it, it's yeah. it's going to be an interesting year. I, so saying that we're going to go down another 10% in volume is is probably real accurate. And, and those that are on the bottom trying to survive off one or two deals are probably going to, you know, have to find another hobby. Well, I don't know if I don't. I think the one or two deal people will stick around because they've had to have another job the whole time. But it's the people Maybe. that were doing the fifteen to twenty that are now going to do seven to ten. Yeah. They're the ones that are in trouble, and they're the ones that are going to need to go get a job that because they were probably supporting their family um, with those amount of sales. And the reality is, is it's hit mortgage, it's hit title, it's going to hit the agents next. And I I totally agree with you on. Um, the market, there's just not enough houses that are going to be on the market. And that's what's saving us because, and the reason is, is because of those interest rates that they got. So anyone who has a mortgage right now, you know, is down, they have a 3% loan and they're like, well, let's just hang out here. We'll stay here. It's going to be low. I can use my other money to be able to pay for groceries now because they cost a crap load of money. So just a lot of houses won't come on the market. Thus that keeps it down. So the less buyers, will be yeah. able to fend on the less houses, which won't um, decrease the market. So. so so, Chris, that being said, right now, there's so many people that are out there saying, well, I'm waiting for the deals to come back. I'm waiting for the foreclosures. And I, I so I dug into that too, right? So we are in the second quarter in a row of mortgage delinquency rates falling to the lowest level since 1979. There are people that are in default. So in 2022, nationally, we had 88,000 uh, foreclosures across the country so far, okay? What do you think the number was in 2009? So this year was 88,000. What do you think the number of, of foreclosures was in 2009? you have a guess? Um, a million. Okay, so you were halfway there. So in 2009, we had 2 million foreclosures in one year. We're at 88,000 right now, which is below the, the, the natural saturation rate of people that just die and, and they forget that it's an estate and it gets foreclosed on there. And you got to remember, like, there's about 1% of the market that just properties get abandoned for, for health reasons or what jail or whatever. Right. I mean, so it's like that does happen. So what's interesting to me is like these people say, well, we'll wait for the foreclosures. They're not coming. And, and, and reality is, is that most people have enough equity in their properties where they're safe, where if they do get into a financial pinch, they can probably refi, cash out refi, survive for a while in that house and survive, you know, until they figure out where the economy is going. But I still think 
you know, as as the um, inflation eases, rates will come down with it. So if inflation goes up, rates go up. Right. So it's kind of a unfortunately, if we see that easing on on um, on the inflation, I think you'll see mortgage rates get softer, which will stimulate the economy, bring more buyers back. I think we have the potential to have a really good um, end of spring, early summer next year. But for a couple months, I think people are going to get a little nervous. That's just me. You didn't ask for a well, proje- projection. Well, did you, you have well, prediction. The, well, I mean, obviously you you've studied it and and you know yeah. it. It's not like you're just talking about nothing. You you dissected the numbers. You're taking history. I mean, that's what we can all learn from history. I mean, when they're ripping yeah. down statues and stuff like that. I mean, you you can't forget about what happened before because it usually comes around again. And so, you know, now we know how to deal with it when we get to these points. And I mean, you just hit, you hit on it perfectly, I think, so. Thank you. Believe it or not, the legendary Michael Jordan is having trouble selling his house. And we're guessing he's taking it personally. It became personal with me. MJ lived in this 56,000 square foot, seven acre compound for 19 years before deciding to leave. It's now been on the market since 2012. MJ is even promising the buyer of the house to receive every edition of Air Jordans in his or her size. But nothing's worked. So what's the deal? Well, the new owner has got to be someone who loves the number 23. The price on the house has dropped several times and is now going for $14,855,000. Why such a specific price? Well, all those numbers add up to 23, Jordan's jersey number. The house features a tennis court, an infinity pool, a putting green, and a full basketball court. It has nine bedrooms and 19 bathrooms. There's also a cigar room with plenty of card tables where we're guessing Jordan played some of his infamous high-stakes poker games. The question is, if you had the money and the game, would you buy it? Hell yeah. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. I told you. Didn't I tell you a couple months ago I showed Randy Moss's old house? Yeah. Had basically the same kind of setup where it has the big indoor like pools and the in indoor gymnasiums and did you have a tunnel to that? Was there a tunnel? Kind of. It was it was like a traditional house, and then he put on about a four million dollar addition on the back where he built a hotel and amusement center. And uh so there was kind of a hallway to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I don't oh go ahead. I wonder what Jordan's house started out at. I mean, twenty-three million. You'd you'd be yeah you'd be I'd be surprised that uh, I mean, there's got to be a reason you know that doesn't sell. A lot of times with those big houses, you know, there's so much upkeep that needs to happen. You know that yeah, it's, it's, it's four hundred grand a year for the staff. It's yeah. you know another four hundred grand a year to just pay the taxes and the upkeep. And and people are like, I don't want to pay eight hundred grand for somebody's old house. Yeah, exactly yeah. what's happening. Yeah, and that is the thing when you start doing those, the, the big, big houses, it becomes a maintenance thing. Um, I had a good client of mine tell me one time, his dad told him he, he owns a lot of real estate and he he pays cash for his real estate. And so he's he's done very well over the years and he's got cash, but he's like, you know, dad always told me it's the upkeep of the taxes that'll get you. You know, not if you, you don't even have payments. And I know like his real estate was like $480,000 in ta- property tax alone on his properties and that's owing zero so it's uh, True. crazy that that uh i used to joke and i said to my mother-in-law all the time i say all she does is mows grass and pays taxes because she's got like five different spots around you know and it's like from lake places to places in florida to farms to you know and it's like it, it is if you're gonna do all the work yourself my god it's a full-time job yeah it's crazy i think the luxury luxury homes too when people are building them, they want kind of the latest and greatest. They want what they want. And then all of a sudden in eight years, when they turn around to sell it, that's not the latest and greatest anymore. And now all of a sudden, well, I'm trying to capture the money because of all the latest and greatest I put in it. And other people are saying, well, I'm going to rip all your latest and greatest out and add the latest and greatest now. And I got to get a real good deal to be able to do it. So looking at, you know, the, the big, big, big upper market, and thinking that, hey, I'm going to build this house and make a lot of money. That's just not, it's just not the case. It's just not the case. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that story. And I learned it from you because you deal more high end than I do. And I'm like, I have a lot of customers that go million plus, but you've had the big, big boys, right? And gals. And so the, 
when you get into that bracket, it, it literally becomes a, you're buying what you want for what you want it for. Don't expect the return on investment. Don't expect to make a landfall of money unless it has a big piece of land or something with it. When you're buying luxury, luxury, like, like a Michael Jordan property, um, unless you can pick it up for $2 million, hold it for a couple of years and make it a profitable VRBO or whatever it is. And then also you can sell it and make a couple million on it, but you're not going to buy it. Like he probably put 30, 40 million into that house. And then all of a sudden at the end of the day, he's trying to sell it for 15. He's giving it away. And at the point of where he's to the point of what, well, if I can't sell for this, I don't want to sell it. You know, I'll just, I'll just keep holding it. But you that can only so long too. You should turn it into a Michael Jordan museum. You make a crap ton of money. Hey, my uh, my buddy did a lot of the. Um, he's done. He does high end video, you know, systems. And if I remember right, that was like a two point six million dollar audio video uh, surveillance system in that house. And I'm talking back in the day, it was top of the line. Well, now it's all got to be replaced, I'm sure. But back in the day, he was. They were down there for months wiring that house. And I remember he was. He, you know, they were. They, well, I, I don't want to get him in trouble, but they were signed to confidentiality agreements. But the inner circle of his friendship. People knew what he was doing and they were like, this is so cool. But then, um, but it's now, I mean, that was what, 20 years ago or whatever it was. And uh, nowadays you look at that and you're like, it's all garbage. It's got to be replaced. And yeah, you got to get an investor in there tell Jordan, he's got to leave a bunch of his stuff there, at least for a while. Then you have parties there, you know, you, you rent it out. I mean, that's going to be super cool, but it's probably the zoning residential. They could, they could have wedding, you know, they could have, you could have events there. You could be at the Michael Jordan mansion. And it's, you know, it's 50000 to rent the facility. And there's people that are dumb enough to do that. Yeah, you just got to figure Please. out the zoning, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good tune. That looks fun. There was a house in New Orleans. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they uh um flips that looks like a flip to me a flip i think what's real important you look at a house that was built in uh 1910 like that you have to really kind of stay with that era i mean you can update that inside but you can't go too far too crazy so you're not putting you know 2022 in you're you're trying to you know create that that old time classic traditional uh, feel, but you do not screw up that outside. I'm telling well, you. Well, you know, Chris, don't you think like that? That era, they had like things like formal dining and butler pantries and all that fancy stuff. But then you go into the kitchen and it's boring, and it's like that's where you do the work. That's kind of like the garage, right? Yeah. And and so those houses, a lot of effort can be put into kitchen and bathroom. And adding another bathroom, for example, a lot of times the bathrooms would be upstairs, and there'd be no other bathroom in the house, and so you'd have add one to the main level. Maybe throw another one down in the gringy basement. But, you know, we've talked about that, too, where people put new foundations underneath those houses. They'll jack them up. They put a new foundation. They spend 60000 or whatever it is. And now they have a nine-foot basement, and they can actually do full-size rooms down there, movie theaters, offices, bedrooms, whatever. And, uh, yeah, you can have a lot of fun with those houses. Yeah, no, very true. That's uh, And they're so fun. I love the old houses. I had... Well, my last rental property that I sold, it was an old mansion 18, built in 1875, and it was so cool. I, I would have, I mean, I wouldn't live down there now, but at, at one time I was thinking, gosh, when I get older, like now, um, <laughs> that I would redo that thing and I'd get the coolest place down there. And, um, you know, it's like a lot of people, what Minneapolis is kind of just, I think Minneapolis has taken about a 10-year break. You know, it'll come back. It'll be vibrant as heck oh, yeah. again. And uh, but you know, people are just a little nervous right now about it. So, yeah, I agree. That's fair. Well, you got to know that the heart of the city downtown. If that isn't going to prosper and it's going to get gross, people don't want to build around downtown anymore. They're you know what I mean. And that's those pockets where all the thriving, successful business owners um, or you know, aristocrat, whatever you want to call them, that live socialites that were close to the city because they wanted to be near the entertainment, the food, the, you know, all that, their office buildings. Um, and if they're not down there anymore and their, their office is out of Egan, they're not, they, why would you care about being right? And the cool anymore? restaurants and everything are closing down or Try not it. even open at night. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not, it's kind of hard to enjoy your, your steak when you got a gun in your face. 
<laughs> Closing on a home later this month and locked in a rate at seven and an eighth. How can I get a lower rate before closing? You can stiff your lender and go to a new lender and lock in. That's how uh, you do it. Please do not do that to any of our future sponsors. Um <laughs> I mean, I mean, other than other than doing that, it's just you know, there's a there's a lot of people doing right now is they're doing relocks options. It's really quite interesting. I was just uh I got a lender got a hold of me and uh from a bank and they're doing locks for 360 days. So you can lock in at 360 days with a construction loan at a set thing. And then the last 30 days, you could relock. There's right. a relock option that doesn't cost you any money. Yeah, and flip but, to a 30-year fixed. Yep. No, but the thing, you have to, the thing you have to do is you have to pay three-quarter of a point up front on your loan amount, and then it gets yep. credited back to you at closing. But that's for them to guarantee that they're going to end up getting that loan. Well, and a lot of, a lot of builders I'm working with right now are offering five and a half percent, and they're they're doing it where they build. Obviously, it costs the builder about three percent to do it, um, you know. And sometimes they do five and a half or whatever, but they're still doing some kind of a you know a, a, a buy down for the payment to make it still attainable for people because the price most people don't live in the price they live in the payment. So hence that being the you know we advertise the payment, um, and I mean that's the only reason why people were buying these seven and eight hundred thousand dollar houses. You know, I mean, they were putting down a decent down payment because they sold their house for more than they thought they ever could. And then they could get a payment that was affordable. And and that's why I keep telling you, I think there's a lot of people that unless they hold those properties as investments, I don't know if they'll be able to. Man, when you're used to a hot tub being 101 degrees and you jump out of that hot tub into the pond or the pool and the pool's 70 and it feels freezing. Well, it's going to be the same thing. Payment shock for a lot of people when they move from having an interest rate of 3% to seven. And they go, oh my God, what do you mean my payment's 4,000 or 4,500 a month? And that's the kind of range you get into. Yes, you do. So are you going to go in and get some fresh rolls, Chris, at the place behind you? Or is it? Are you at a, ba- a pastry place? I would, there is a bakery. It's, it's called Albertsons. That's where I'm at. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good old Albertsons. Andy, I'm I'm being one with the earth here. Okay. Yeah. I got I sent Nick a video yesterday to prove that I was one with the earth and I told him to play it on here so you could see how physical work I do, but he won't he won't do it. So I guess we oh. gotta do this other stuff. What what kind of physical I'm just curious and so are the I'm sure all the other listeners, what kind of what kind of physical work were you doing? I did that great thing that everyone talks about, and I, I've never understood it. I call it walking, but a lot of people call it hiking. And so mm. I went hiking. Okay. Yeah. yeah I went how, hiking. Uh, how, how tight of a loop did you go on? And I have to thank this homeless guy that was sitting by my truck because I ended up walking that same path four times because I was just waiting for him to leave. And then finally, I'm like, you know what? I can't walk anymore. I'm going for it. And I walked right up into my um Oh my gosh! I got to show you this too. Look what I have in my. There's my walking stick. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a walking stick. That's what you do when you hike and fight off rattlesnakes and stuff. Are you in a pickup truck? Yes, I got a pickup truck just because I want to move some stuff out of my parents' place. With gas power. It's a it's a Dodge uh, Ram Laramie. Nice. It is pretty. Just remember, Chris. When the little thing gets towards the E, that means you have to stop at a gas station and get gas. You I've, can't been looking plug for a, I've been looking for plugins. Dang, I know. I like that Mr. idea. Tesla. Yeah, I like that idea. All okay. right. What are we supposed to Okay. Oh, here you go, Andy. Backing out of a new construction home, closing in the next one to two months. Okay. Got 20000 earnest money, or maybe is that a construction deposit? For a house of 500K, the house is supposed to be closing in the next 30 to 60 days. Given the overall market situation and layoff in my company, I want to play it safe and back out. I still have my job, but I'm not sure how safe it will be going forward. I already I already live uh, live in my primary house. Would there be any legal implication if I packed out of my contract by foregoing my earnest money? Yes. There's, there's liability. You signed a contract to purchase a house 
And uh, if you walk out of it, and I don't know when that financing date would have ended as well, but um, I think your earnest money is probably certainly uh, gone. And then you just got to hope the heck that builder lets you skate or you got to figure out a way in which to maybe get fired from your job. But even if you do, if you had your financing thing all done, I mean, you've committed um, in which to do it. But I mean, obviously, if you can't qualify, they'll probably just keep your earnest money. But yeah, it, it really depends on how the contract's written for sure. I mean, I think that you have a situation there where he's getting cold feet. But, you know, when you when you order a house, it does take it's like ordering a deep dish pizza. Right. It takes 45 minutes. It doesn't you're not going to have your pizza delivered in 20 minutes. So. <laughs> All right. So having that, uh, that uh, I, I got to meet that woman someday. Um, the so, so the idea there is, is that you're, you're making an investment that's going to be a long term hold. You shouldn't be making that investment if you don't, you know, and, and I, things change. I get it. But understand it's your responsibility. You've committed to buying a house and you've actually put that builder in harm's way um, by choice. That builder had to put more than 20 percent into it. They probably have all of their equity, their profit, their whatever else in there. And then they're going to get stuck with the house, get stuck with the payments, get whatever. So in the old days, builders would just say, oh, it's too bad it didn't work out. Uh, here's your money back. We'll just sell it to somebody else for 20000 more than you had it under contract for today. I think there's a lot of builders that are in, in deep situations where they're not going to give you any money back and they're going to fight to keep it. And it depends on how you presented it to the builder. Were you completely non-contingent or were you contingent? Right. I mean, if you had financial contingencies, that's different than if you did not have any. Like, I don't need anything to perform. I can perform no matter what. Well, then, then you may have. I've never seen at least, you know, I've seen custom custom builders sue consumers. I've never seen like a big national builder sue anybody, but they could. Super performance. Yeah, I would. Uh, it won't happen, but they could. Yeah. I mean, builders are. I. I mean, and they should. They should be able to. You guys agreed to something, you know. I, I would try to figure out everything else you possibly could to be able to uh, get that taken care of and uh, it done before uh, you go that route. So, well, you know, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you're ordering a new car and the new car comes and you don't like the economy that when the car gets delivered, you don't want to pick up the car. Well, that's yeah. your choice. But I mean, it's like, it, it that's not as detailed as building a custom home with all your custom features and all your, you know, weird requirements. Yeah. Especially if it's pink tile. I said that. Yeah, exactly. I love, let's market some homes in Burnsville and Woodbury. This segment's being brought to you by Chris Rooney, home experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Uh oh, here we go. Who's going first? You are. I'm first. Ooh. Oh, he moved. Jeez. <laughs> that was an easy one. Wow. I'm going on Portland. Oh, Avenue. All right. Beautiful Barnesville. It has built 1986. It's, it's, it's updated. Yep. You know, we got a nice two-car garage. I assume we got uh, at least three bedrooms up, maybe even a fourth with that three baths. Um, it's a it's a good location. You're quick to get on to 35E or 35W. Uh, Portland Barley's is right down the road. I mean, who doesn't want a Barley's? Uh, and that was a Remax Advantage Plus listing. Okay, so uh -oh. it's off Portland. I think that's interesting uh, when you look at that map is that it says it's on Portland Avenue, which everyone would think is a busy road. But that's an actual little cul-de-sac off of it. So you can get, um, you know, off of Portland Avenue. And that's kind of off the, where's 42? 
Isn't that near the, right the yeah. slopes right there too? So you always have a nice yeah. snowfall. Yeah, it's down by Crystal Lake as well. So yeah, Buck Hills across the way. You can see it that lower left up next the to the highway there. Those there, are the yeah. ski runs. Yeah, That's so you're in a, that or a runway. That's yeah, a good. Yeah, it's a good little area uh, to be able to purchase it. Is there any more pictures I could probably look at that kitchen though? That's hold beautiful. On, on. I mean, in that in that price point, that's a lot. All hardwood floors, um, kind of a modified two story look yeah. with a great room on that main floor. We used to sell the heck out of modified two stories back in the day, because you get that you get that effect. You know, you get the one side of the house that's the the Rambler and has the big open vaults and the big you know like feel of a Rambler, right? And then you get yeah. the cost efficiencies of a two story on the other side. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you get that open feel. I mean these. These guys cool. kind of went above and beyond. Is that a dual island? I think there's a dual island there. But adding the stone in, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, see that double yeah. island where they're kind of – I mean, that's that's unusual. You don't usually see that. Right. It's rare. Very rare. I would have took the crockpot off the counter, but that's just me. You don't want the crockpot on there? Yeah. I would have yeah, those... all that crap off the counters. It, how about the on the fridge when they have those video screens on the fridge? Yeah. You, well, you, you, seen, you want to make sure it's it's active when you're there, so you can show it off if it's staying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is some there's some advantages to that, but if you don't have it like um, working the right way, then it just becomes a a pain in the butt, and people concentrate. On it's one that. more but thing to fix. Andy's really very right on uh, the appliances on the counters. You want to get all of those off. There's enough on this this whole area with all the stone. That you don't need the appliances to kind of uh well, get that crap out the up. window too. Yeah. Let me see if there's a bath, Nick. Show me a bathroom. I want to see how updated this is because I mean this price looks pretty darn good. Five hundred thousand. Okay. It's a little more dated upstairs. Let's see here. Keep going. You want to take those blinds or those uh drapes off. Yeah. See, they didn't quite update the upstairs um like it is on the downstairs. So I think it's one of those things that uh you got to have that kitchen wow them and just don't I'm let not the a big bed guy but every one of these pictures i've been focusing on the bed and how the beds aren't made or they're made real loosely or you know yeah. what i mean it's like it's funny how it grabs your attention it you know yeah and you gotta you gotta clear these out you can't have things hanging on the closet the doors yeah. that looks decent i mean it looks yeah. like it's worn out but it looks decent yeah, I mean, you can't have robes on the doors, you know. Right. That, right. That's a photographer. The photographer knows not to do that. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows not to do that. Whoa. Okay, that bed's really big for that that room. You can't have poster beds in the dresser hitting it. Non vaulted ceilings. Look on the left, Chris. It's yeah, touching the dresser. It's like you, yeah. only you could get through there. I couldn't get through there. Oh, I know. I'd slide right through there. No problem. I would just run and dive on the bed every night. So this is a this is a case right here, Andy. Of okay, I mean those first pictures were fantastic, and then all of a sudden, it's like you're not even going to go look at that house. You're not going to go look at it. it. No. And so you gotta you gotta have the right photos, and, and that's what I'm talking about. It's what you put on MLS. People are making their decisions on that house based on oh, anyways, it's on Portland. It's super busy, anyways, and you know it's because of those those bedrooms. Just well, it it's up. like having a car where you got a bunch of auto body work that needs to be done, and you only do one half the car. You got to finish it. You know what I'm saying? What do you, you do? Go. Drive around and only show people the left side of your car? I mean, yeah. you know, and that that is a problem. I mean, you, once you commit to a remodel, um, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, people are going to want the whole thing remodeled because otherwise they're going to come in there thinking, project, 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 project. No thanks. Ten four. We kind of did that one together, which was nice. Well, I can help you too. Okay, good. You you are so generous. Hey, um, Andy, I do have one question for you, first yeah. of all, because yeah. both of these had this. What happens when you have a, a the first picture of the house is not the front of the house? Ugly. <laughs> There's something wrong. So we'll see if it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, she's missing her front tooth for sure. That they. <laughs> You always start with the face, Chris. Um, okay. Um, the uh, Hey, welcome to Woodbury, where your dreams will come true. You want shopping. You want retail. You want entertainment. You want great schools. We found a property for you all for 520000 
Look at this freshly remodeled kitchen with all the modern colors and updates. We have beautiful backsplash. We have updated appliances, even though they're all different colors. Who cares? It's fun. <laughs> hey, what about Texas Roadhouse? They have a Texas Roadhouse. Yes. You don't even Close need a kitchen. Roadhouse? Nice. You don't need a kitchen. Yeah, you don't even need this kitchen. Talk about, yeah, no. Yeah, wait to see um, the front right. of this house. Give me Good. some more ammo here. I don't know Woodbury that well. Sorry. Yeah. Well, also right do video those drive, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's great. There's all kinds of shopping, nice and close, good restaurants. Again, I've already said that. Um, so show me more pictures so I can keep talking. <laughs> um, look at the hardwood floors as it sprawls through this beautiful, blessed family room. And uh the decorating is fantastic, by the way. There, that's subtle. It is. Yep. Yeah, and and it's all spread out nice. Um, looks like the rooms are larger, um, you know, and, and they painted paneling here, but that's okay. You won't notice that till you get there. Um, and the bathrooms look great. Uh, standard washer and dryer looks like they're in a closet upstairs, which I, I could appreciate having that put upstairs from the basement. Um, hey, Portland, Portland sellers, buy this bed from these sellers and put it in your house. Yeah. And see how their sheets and their, their stuff are nice and tight. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that makes a difference. I mean, it you know, visually. Anyway. Nice clean bathroom, nice uh, vanity there. Looks like they've updated the bathrooms. Um, the trim oh. has been painted white. Um, that is an outer space marble shower. Probably would have used a little less flash on that shot, but that's okay. So this place is staged, obviously, because all yeah, the vacant it, it's room. vacant for sure. You can tell, yeah. That's why so it looks so good. Let's look, look at, at the nice difference update. what a staged thing does to you, though. Right. Yeah. Nice, staged. nice mirror. Looks updated. Looks fresh. Right. Nice three panel doors. Those have all been replaced. You can tell because this would have all been a, like a flat panel style house and they would have had traditional, you know, the Princeton trim, probably all oak and it's all been painted white. Um, updated, new, looks like new carpet. Um, nice. The outside's, outside's got to be ugly. Oh, okay. So that's why they're waiting so long. If they just trim those bushes away from it, it would look yeah. really good. Well, I wonder what color the brick is behind. You see on the left side that's covered by the shrub? Which I'd have removed. Um, the uh, trim the tree up. I'd take that shrub out. I'd have the um, the front landscaping reflective of the. You know, it looks like deferred maintenance on the front of the house versus the inside is renovated. Uh, you got to bring that tree up. You yeah. Got to get those leaves off off of the house. Yeah. yeah. I'd get the railing out of. There's no reason to contain people into that. You know, area. The railing I'd pull. Um, yeah, nice big corner lot. Is that a pool? Oh, that's the neighbor's pool. That's the best right. pool. Yeah. Neighbors. Um. Yeah. Well, that that last uh, photo there showed there's weeds growing everywhere too. So I probably would have spent a little, just a little bit more energy on the outside of the house. Spend another fifteen hundred bucks, have somebody come trim everything up and clean everything, take the railings out, power wash. Um. That brick that was behind there that was painted white. I'm curious as to what color that would be behind there because I a lot of times would re-expose that brick. Um, you know, and bring out some color and warmth on the front of the house, but that's just me. Did I sell it? I don't know. I've kind of feel like you were kind of ripping it for a little bit, but I did. I know. I, I felt bad because my clients don't like that when I make fun of them in their own ads. They <laughs> was it worth the price though? So the price was. I, I really do. I think that you know, I I could see high four hundreds for sure. Um, you know, you get into that five and in in that area, and people go new. Um, they go from five to seven fifty pretty fast in that area, you know. It's a lot of home though, there. I thought yeah. it was pretty nice. So yeah, I, you know, and like I said, nice yard, nice updates. Beautiful. I think we need uh, Chris to be in the car more often. The van life, traveling, because his energy was fantastic today. Whoa. And everyone I, else. Uh, I think we should get your Norwegian uh, movie star lady on with us. Talking about how she likes to watch Andy and Chris on the Real Estate Radio Hour. <laughs> I told you, we can get a couple of different nationalities to say that, you know? We should. We should. <laughs> right from the pool. Uh, what where were you, in Thailand? Up on the pool, holding a couple of martinis. Watch the boys. The, the work video on that. you saw was the tsunami in uh, Patong in Thailand. Oh, and no. she wanted to go swimming in the street. It wasn't a pool. It was a street. Flooded. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And then the wow. next day, it was totally fine. It all receded. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, the weather I mean, was crazy. Those areas are kind of used to that, aren't they? That tropical. Yeah, they have wet seasons, rain seasons, all that. Yeah. But, they designed their streets to handle it. 
Get us a yeah. Cambodia commercial. Tell them how much they love Andy. Okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, everyone else, give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, three digestible clips on Facebook and YouTube. Give the thumbs up. Send us in any questions you have, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.